Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And welcome into the Saturday Morning Outdoor Show. Glad to have you with us as we uh, head for the Christmas season. Less than a week away, and I'm sure a lot of you are searching for some uh, Christmas gifts. And we've got some unique gift ideas for you. We'll share with you a little bit later on if you are one of those folks. Also, we've got those live fishing and hunting reports coming your way. Uh, Boy, everything's open right now. Uh, Many areas, the deer are in the rut, and we've been seeing a lot of good successful hunts. And we got the duck season picking up on the second split. We'll find out how that goes. First split was a very pleasant surprise. Going to talk more about duck hunting in just a minute before you duck hunters head out to your blind or maybe bring your radio or iPhone with you so you can hear what i got to say. Pretty important. I think you'll be interested in hearing it. We also have the case of a... Well, a deer uh, management assistance program land trespasser. He's been doing some nighttime hunting, and he's made it to our bad boys of the outdoors. Also, we're going to preview who the baddest of the bad boy for the year 2020 contestants and nominees are a little bit later on, because next week you get your chance to vote for your favorite. Don't forget your text messages, 504 260 comments, questions, your own reports. We'd love to hear from you on a Saturday morning. Let us know who you are, where you are, and what you got going on. All right, for a minute here, I want to talk to you duck hunters. The latest Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries flyover survey for December. The results came in yesterday. Uh, the first survey for the first split in November was way, way off, and that was good news for us because it was, wasn't very pleasant. This uh, survey, for what it's worth, says that December totals, about 2.21 million ducks in the state, is two and a half times uh, less than what we had in, uh, actually more than what we had in November. It's much better numbers, but it's still 14% below a 10-year average, 21% below the long-term average, pointing out we still have migration questions and concerns down the flyway. Uh, Catahoula Lake, uh, probably the, the poorest area of the ones this second split because they've got two-foot High water conditions, making it very difficult for the ducks to get to the food sources. So unless that water drops, they're probably going to be in for some tough times up there. Another piece of bad news, if you like to hunt scop, well, we call them dogri in south Louisiana. Uh, they do a flyover survey for the lakes, the big open lakes, Maurepas, Pontchartrain, and Bourne. Uh, they only saw and counted 8,300 birds. And the, that's way below the long-term average, which is 187,000. So it's only 5% that normally they see. Again, these are wildlife and fishery flyover counts, and they can change daily. So take them for what it's worth. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. If you like that late-season hunting, well, it may be a little tough for the doe grease. All right, so that all being said, Coastal Marine forecast, if you're going to be headed out today, um, we got 
supposedly southeast uh, returning winds, about 10 to 15, uh, you know, 2 to 3, 4 feet off if you're going to be offshore. Uh, inside, southeast winds at 10 to 15 make for a light chop. Good tide range, average tides 1.4. Uh, fishing for the trout kind of dropped off a little bit this week. I think that had a lot to do with the weather conditions, approaching fronts. But uh, red fishing, sheephead, uh, drum, real strong. And there are some trout out there, a lot of bass fishing being done too. So we got all that to talk about. We got Robbie Campo coming up, Captain Kirk Stancil out in southwest Louisiana, Hackberry Rod and Gun. Our friend Ryan Lambert, Captain Darrell Carpenter, Mike Gallo, all the usual suspects, and you. Glad you're here with us, and we'll be right back to talk to Robbie at Shell Beach. And with this time out on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. You know, I had forgot Robbie Campo told me he was going to be back out deer hunting, and Glenn Sanchez will be filling in a very capable replacement, and Glenn chats with us now. Glenn, have been, uh, I guess a lot of people are headed out to Biloxi Marsh. They want to get in the second split of duck season, and, man, this is, when you're in the marina business, this was a big week this Christmas week because people had a lot of time off with the holidays, kids out of school and that type of thing. Well, you know, everybody's got to use up their vacation before the end of the year, so they, they take as much vacation as they can, and they kind of spend their time out here in, in the marsh and, you know, let the wives do the cooking, and they get out the wives' way and can go out there and do the hunting and the fishing. <laughs> well, you can take them with you if you want. Glenn, uh, what about the, the, the trout fishing this week? You know, it had been so good for the previous several weeks. Uh, did it slack off a little bit with that water temperature dropping? I, I guess the fish, I mean, they're still there, but it's just harder to find them when it gets cold like that and that water drop, temperature drops. It slacked off a good bit, but, you know, it's most of the people that I, I've talked to are catching the trout later in the evenings after the sun comes out and the water warms up just a few degrees and they get active because they have to eat. So they're going to eat a lot of times in the evening time right before it gets dark, and then they're going to spend the night again and wait for the evening tomorrow, you know, when it warms up a little bit. But yeah, that's... the water came back in a lot since yesterday. So... That, that's a good thing, you know, because all week long we had, it was dry just about. I mean, we had some low water conditions this week, and, you know, that makes it really tough. Yeah, also can be dangerous when it's cold like this. Give me some uh, some typical wintertime spots that you would suggest to people to go, maybe some deep holes, some deeper little bayous uh, without getting, you know, running way out but staying kind of close in the Biloxi Marsh and off the Mr. Go. Well, back off of Gallego, they have quite a few holes in Gallego. And a lot of times the fish aren't, they, they might be laying in the hole, but when the sun comes up, they're going to go up to that shallow part and, and lay in the sun. So a lot of times the fish are going to be in two feet of water trying to just lay in the sun and, and, and get some warmth, you know. But um, back at Gallego, back off of St. Marlowe, and uh, the cuts up and down the channel and in Biloxi Marsh, you know, um, it's, it's just going to be hunting peck till you find them. But sheep had a thick. Um, they kept they catching a few drum and redfish. But you know it's. Glenn, you know the the thing that I think about when I'm fishing cold weather, cold water, deep holes, winter time for speckled trout is man, that bite is so so slight. And you know sometimes you don't even if you're throwing plastics, you just sit there and you just. Wait to hear that, feel that little tap. That's all you get is a tap. And you got to be ready to set the hook because it's so, so slight because the fish are lethargic. They're not real active when it gets that cold. Well, you know, what's amazing is if you don't fish with a graphite rod, you don't even feel that tap. You know, if you fish with a 
a fiberglass ride, most of the time you don't even feel it because, like you said, it's it's so small that if you don't set the hook right then and there, and if you don't have a graphite ride, you're not going to feel it most of the time. Yeah, and you know, a trick uh, I was taught several years ago by a real good fisherman was if you take the line and you put it over your finger as you hold on to the rod and the reel, you can feel that line a whole lot better than you can the tip of that rod because it's so much more sensitive. But it takes a little bit of practice, and if you got gloves on, well, that's going to kind of throw that away. Yeah, well, it's pretty difficult to, to hunt or fish with gloves on for me. You know, I mean, I just have to deal with it if it's that cold. Don't go. <laughs> but I'll, I'll have the gloves in the boat for the ride. But when it comes to fishing, I have to take them off because I've, I need to feel everything. Glenn, how do you fish uh, bait-wise in this cold weather when water temperatures really drop and those fish get stacked up in the holes? Do you fish with live bait, put the shrimp down there, or do you use up soft plastics or a combination? I'm, I'm definitely a bait fisherman. Um, I don't want to go out there. I want to go catching. I don't, I don't really want to go fishing. <laughs> you know, sometimes you get out there with the plastic and you throw your arm out. And it's like, i just going to sit here and let a, a shrimp float by on a cork and just watch my cork or something like that or throw him on the bottom, you know, and just feel the bite. But um, some of the fish that they get, they're getting from the bottom, you know, fishing on the bottom, some of the trout are really nice. Um, had some earlier this week. I was with Mike, and we, we had probably the best trout, of, of the year as far as size-wise. We probably averaged 15-inch trout, and we had 48 of them. You and, Mike are pre- great. you and Mike are a pretty good team. How long have you guys been fishing together? 30 years or so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dance in the boat. We know exactly what one another is going to do. I mean, it's... It's, it's like it's choreographed. <laughs> right. You, you you actually answer questions to each other. You know, when somebody asks one question, you know what the other guy's going to say. You guys are amazing. Good fishermen, too. Well, Glenn, uh, while we got a little bit of time left hunting, what are you hearing down there in Biloxi Marsh as far as the duck hunters? What are they saying? Uh, they kill killing a few, but it's nothing like it used to be. And, uh, you know, I mean, they got duck hunters leaving right now to go out. And, you know, I, I wish them luck. But, you know, we saw some ducks yesterday, but it's been it's, it's nothing like it used to be. I, you know, I was spoiled, I guess, when I was duck hunting. Yeah, well, there's a lot of questions <clears throat> coming up about the migration being altered, and uh, maybe there's finally, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on, there's one organization that maybe is going to do something about that and get a, a real good answer, and if they get the answer to the problem, that's a start to find a solution. So we're going to talk about that. But, you know, it, it really, people don't realize the economic impact that duck hunting has to this state and other states, too. Yes, yes, without a doubt. But uh, one thing I, I would like to mention right now, Don, I mean, I'm, I'm getting off the subject, but being prepared for this cold weather. Last night, I was talking to Jeff. A helicopter had landed Shell Beach, and drop go pick people up out of a boat i guess they got stuck somewhere but if they would have had to spend the night out there and they didn't have communication they could have died without the proper clothing so definitely be prepared when you come out here in this kind of weather and have extra sets of clothing and you know you can't you can't um you can take it off but if you don't have it you're in trouble so put it in the boat and have a, a rain suit and everything else that you need, an extra set of clothes, because if you get stuck and you got to spend the night, it's going to be one long, terrible night. 
Yeah, I can remember a case several years back where you actually went out and made a rescue, a life-saving rescue on a guy that was, I mean, he was pretty much blue. If you wouldn't have got to him pretty soon, hypothermia would have taken him, and, you know, that's that's something you'll never forget, and that's why I know you like to bring that up to people. It's certainly worth mentioning. You know, you said a couple of years ago, that's been about 22 years. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. But yeah, but we wouldn't have found him when we found him because nighttime was closing in. Right, I remember that. The last minute, and uh, he was he got out of his boat because he got stuck. He was in a flat boat, and he got planted in the mud. He was an old man, and he couldn't get back in the boat, and the tide came back in. And filled his boots up, and he was just planted in the mud, stuck. He was yeah. going to die right there. And we, we yeah. got him out. And we had a sleeping bag. We brought a sleeping bag in the boat and wrapped him up and saved his life, I guess. He definitely did. Glenn, thanks for filling in for Robbie. We really appreciate it. You and the family have a very Merry Christmas, and let's look forward to a nice, big, better 2021. Yes, indeed. And everybody else, have a Merry Christmas. And like always, stay safe out there because it's not the time of year to get wet. No better advice. Thanks again, Glenn. We'll see you soon. All right. And Merry Christmas. Yes, Glenn Sanchez used to be the Breton Sound Marina operator, fills in for Robbie Campo at Campo's Marina. That's what we do on Saturday mornings. Got another report coming for you on the backside of this break. <clears throat> You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's take you out west to Hackberry Rod and Gun. Captain Kirk Stancil standing by. I'm sure he's got a lodge full of uh, breakfast uh, diners getting ready to head out to the duck blind and maybe even do some fishing after that. Captain Kirk, did I paint the picture accurately there? What's going on? You painted it perfect. About half the guys are already gone, but uh, I'm still sitting here. I'm going to leave in about 15 minutes. And so what are you expecting for the yeah. – I'm expecting a pretty good – this is a good wind for us. We like it, you know, an east-southeast wind, and uh, with it warming up, and you know, weather changing because we got a front tonight. Uh, you know, a lot of gray ducks in the marsh, There's a, and a lot of blue wing teal have shown up. So, uh, I, I saw a few wedging. I haven't seen any pintail. We normally get pintail about now, but I haven't seen many. But they may show up here shortly. But yeah, I, uh, I was. I was going to say I was talking to, uh, about a little earlier about the uh, the count. You know, they, they really the wildlife and fisheries. Uh, I can't say they blew the count. I guess they saw what they saw, and things might have changed in November. But December, oh, yeah. they said there's two and a half times more ducks than what we saw a month ago, and that's after they've been banged on for a while. So it shows that the, the migration is, is is working better this year. And you know, one factor somebody mentioned to me, and I never realized this, but you know, Canada virtually had no waterfowl season this year because almost all of their hunters come from the United States, and because right. they had the travel ban on, none of those ducks got got shot at or harassed. And so maybe that's got something to do with the surprise number we've had this year. Uh, maybe so. But, you know, I've hunted Canada. And, you know, Canada hunting there is kind of like Mexico. There's not a lot of hunters. Uh, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's just vast country up there. There's a lot of areas for ducks. That, uh, but I think, you know, youth weekend was prior to the uh, wildlife fisheries count. We were loaded mm-hmm. with ducks. And that we caught a, a Grew a strong front right after that, and we lost all our ducks. I mean, there were no ducks the week they did the count in our area, and then they came uh-huh. back. 
Yeah, well, that's why those snapshots and times can can fool you. But I wanted to tell you about this and tell everybody, the duck hunters, uh, Delta Waterfowl, it looks like they're going to make a move to maybe unlock some of the mysteries of this migration problem. They have uh, begun, and it's just a a start, but they trapped 30 ducks, uh, and the species they trapped were, I believe it was widgeon, teal, and mallards. And they've got 10 of each of those, and they're putting on these GPS transmitters. They're they're like one-third of an ounce. And these things, they tell me, can track a duck. If it was in your living room, they'd find it there and tell you what cushion of the sofa it's on. It can also tell you whether they're swimming, if they're sitting on a nest, or if they're flying, or what they're doing. So by tracking, at least this is a small number, but they're planning to do 90 more for this this next year. And uh, the the fellow who's handling this, Dr. Chris Nikolai with Delta Waterfowl, he's a biologist. He's going to come on and talk more about it. But I think this is the first step and trying to get a good, honest answer on where these birds are. I mean, if we find that all of these birds, or the greater majority of them, never come below the Mason-Dixon line, well, that's telling us something, you know? Oh, no doubt about it. You know, and there's no doubt in my mind there's a migration change. Uh, You know, like when we had three years ago those bad Arctic fronts that froze up, you know, in years past, Don, those were the days you lived for if you are a waterfowler because you were going to have all these new ducks, you know, the pintails and mallards show up. And then mm-hmm. we had three Arctic blasts three years ago, and there were no new ducks came with them. I mean, it just, you know, used, used to, there'd just be flight after flight when it got daylight of ducks coming back north that overshot and went to the Gulf, whatever, where we are. And mm-hmm. uh, we just don't see that now. I mean, not at all. I mean, you know, we just get the normal gadwall and, uh, you know, teal and stuff. We, we don't get the... I mean, we used to get a lot of mallards down here whenever we get those fronts, but we don't anymore. Well, I was glad to see this because I have begged, I mean, literally urged Ducks Unlimited, Delta Waterfowl, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Louisiana Wildlife Service to really once and for all get to the bottom of what this migration status is. And all we kept hearing was, it's weather-related, it's weather-related. Well, what you just described, wow. we've had, and it, it didn't produce any birds. This year we've got a, a surprisingly good number. It's still well below what we used to get. But I think this right. is the first step, and I, I'd like to congratulate Delta Waterfowl for, for taking this really bold step and trying to get to the bottom of it and then maybe get yeah, some solutions. Maybe, right. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of theories out there. Some that I don't have time to talk about, but uh, <laughs> right. you know, I, <laughs> it, uh, it, I, I think there's something going on, and and, and uh, I don't know exactly what it is. It's all theory. Yeah, well, I tell you what, we need to save it because it's it's not only is it part of our culture and heritage, it's a very uh, strong economic engine. Waterfowl hunting, no doubt about it. Nobody can yeah, no verify right. that more than you guys at Hackberry. That's for sure. Yeah. And well, I, give I, us a. They're trying to spread the wealth. Is what I think they're trying to do. Well, that's that's what needs to be done. It's a it's a it's a continent wide species, and it needs to be shared. Well, give us a quick fishing report before we get you out into the duck blind. Uh, redfish and flounder are on fire. Trout are hit and miss with the weather. It's been good. Uh, the flounder are not along the ship channel. They're in in deeper bayous. Uh, the redfish at the mouth of drains uh, and canals that come into the lake, and in the and in the deeper ponds. Uh, in the marsh. So, uh, yeah, fishing's good. Very good. Well, we're going to let you get rolling, Captain Kirk. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, uh, we just got a whole second split coming up. I'm sure you got a couple of openings in there. You might be able to work them in. Tell oh, them how to do. get a hold of you. Okay. Uh, we can call us toll free. It's 888 762 3391. Website's com. 
And you can put a gift certificate in their stocking this year for trip. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we sell a lot of gift certificates, and it's a great gift. That's great. Good luck to you today, and we'll be looking forward to your next report, Kirk. Thanks so much. All right, Don. Good talking to you. Thank you. All righty. Captain Kirk Stansel, Hackberry Rod and Gun. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Going to get to your text messages. Thanks for sending them. It's 504-260-1870. Who you are, where you are, what you got going on. We're seven days away from Christmas or even less. We'll be back to talk more about the great outdoors. It's what we do each and every Saturday morning, 5 to 7, on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, still to come, we have fishing reports from Grand Isle with Daryl Carpenter. We also have Captain Mike Gallo. He's going to be reporting on the Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne, Bloxy Marsh, North area. And we have the Paddler's Report with Captain Eric Muhabarak, as well as Ryan Lambert updating us on Plaquemines Paris fishing and duck hunting. I'm sure he'll be in the blind as we open up and kick off the second split of uh, waterfowl season. Uh, you know, that, that information that I got about Delta waterfowl doing that research uh, actually was brought to my attention by a listener, and I get a lot of information from you, the listeners. He had found this in uh, on a press release or in the winter issue of Delta Waterfowl Magazine about the, the work they're going to be doing to do this study to find out about migration patterns and altered. And uh, I got in touch with uh, Dr. Chris, and he's going to be coming on with us to talk more about this. I, I can't tell you how excited I am because those of you who have been listening, you know, last year there was a lot of question about the waterfowl migration to Louisiana and Arkansas and Alabama and some of the other southern states that ducks were being short-stopped. It brought about the formation of an organization called the Flyway Federation, which we had come on, and they were disputing a lot of the claims by the agencies and the conservation groups that it's all weather-related. We just don't get the right weather for ducks to come. Well, we saw some, if you look back in the records and you look at the weather conditions, and we had a lot of warm days back in the old days, and ducks still came, and then we had some very hard cold freezes and fronts and no ducks came so something has definitely changed and hopefully this is the first step in a, in a right direction in, in addressing that all right and talking about messages and reports and comments that come in we get them on a text board at 504-260-1870 and i've got some i'm going to share with you right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with don dubuque radio network and our first message in this morning was from Justin in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge. He says, Christmas reminds me of the duck hunts he did years ago. Those times were like presents under the tree. Merry Christmas and happy hunting. And right back at you, Justin. And we have another. This is uh, the Happy Bow Hunter, and it's a play on words. It's B-E-A-U, Hunter. He is on the way to the deer blind. Wanted to wish everybody an early Merry Christmas. Well, good luck. Hope you get you some venison for your holiday menu. And here's someone that is alerting us to the, wants to let the residents of Lafitte, Baratari, and Crown Point know there's a food distribution going on today at the Jules Nunez Seafood Pavilion. It's right there by Rose Thorn Park as you head down the main drag to Lafitte. It begins at 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, local Christians from different churches are blessed with resources and uh, are going to be sharing that with the residents. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. Uh, here's another one that says, hopefully this can help people have a Merry Christmas. Uh, oh, same thing. To you, Merry Christmas to you and your crew. As always, thanks for all you do on your show. We have Greg Urson and Lloyd are heading down to Golden Manor to fill a box with trout. You know, I always think about Christmas week. That is probably the best week of the year for fishing down in that Golden Meadow area down there for, for speckled trout. They've got some 
holes and those trout get in there. And uh, be careful. It's probably going to be a, a backup at the launch this weekend and probably next weekend, too, after everybody gets the Christmas uh, celebration gone and out of the way. Then they're going to head out to the deer stands, the duck blinds, and the fishing holes. All right, here's one that says they're on the way to work. Bucks are chasing. That's the pistol hunter, and that comes to us from uh, – Mississippi, yes, uh, many areas they are. Uh, it happened on my lease. You, you can see a lot of visible scrape lines and a lot of deer activity on the cameras. They're on the move, and now is the time to get out there. If you're not going to hunt any other time for deer, when the rut comes to your area, and it does vary from area to area, that's the time to be there. All right, we'll be back with more information. going to tell you about a special edition or episode of Bayou Wild TV that's going to be kicking off on Christmas Eve. It's our 100th episode I'm going to preview what you're going to see on it. That will do that and get some more fishing information for you. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us a text, 504-260-1870. And thank you, Mark, for that extra cup of coffee you sent me. Appreciate it. Mark in Baton Rouge, a longtime listener. We'll be back right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, uh, we got some interesting text messages coming in here. This one says, you know, talking about migration, what is up with the hundreds of crows calling it up in downtown New Orleans? Maybe thousands. It's a mess of crows. They're beautiful and Merry Christmas. Yeah, they'll they'll bunch up during these winter months. And uh, I've got a, a hopefully we're going to make a crow hunt with a group called the Crow Mafia. Supposedly the leader of this mafia, the Don, has... <laughs> He's got a very special technique, and he's he's very reluctant to show it, but we're going to try to pry it out of him and do a Bayou Wild TV feature with him. But he spent a mess of crows. You know, groups of animals are given specific names, like a flock of ducks or a herd of this. There's a specific name for a group of crows. It's not a mess of crows. Does anybody know what it is? Text me if you do. It's uh, 504-260-1870. What is the term used for uh, a, a group of crows, and it's not a flock of crows. People would say a flock, but there's a very specific term that dates back to, I don't know, I think they came up with those in the 1600s. Anyway, we've got a, a trucker life uh, passing through, listening to the best show on radio. That's from Jeff Laborde. Well, thank you, Jeff. We appreciate that. All right, then we got another one coming in. Uh, let's see, there's definitely a migration problem when the north is feeding corn. We're trying to get them to eat mud and a very little bit of grass. We have down in Myrtle Grove low water today. And uh, let's see, as the texts come in, they jump on me, and sometimes I'll lose them. Uh, let's see, a little bit of grass down. Low water today, not even hunting. That's from Mike. Boy, somebody was quick. They got the, 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 the group of crow term. It is called a murder of crows. Murder, yeah. Well, Mark had it too, so we got several people that are on top of those things. Some very interesting terms. I don't know how that one got started, but that's what they call it. When there's a big group of crows, it's called the murder of crows. All right, here's one. We're going to the hunting camp for this week. Don't worry, we still get your show up there. Just wanted to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. That's the Irish coon ass. Well, that's where you should be. And, again, we got some more of these uh, murder guesses on the, the crow group. One day we're going to go over all of them. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of them that are very strange, and you kind of wonder what the origin is. All right, uh, well, I wanted to talk about uh, this week uh, coming up on Christmas Eve. We're going to kick off the 100th episode of Bayou Wild TV. Can you believe it? Already 100 episodes. We're in our third year, our sixth season. Uh, and I've got some of the features that you're going to see. You may recall some of these. 
Uh, it's going to be little short quips from some of the, the features that we did, the most memorable ones from the first 100 episodes, and that includes uh, Martha Spencer's first deer, which was on our first show. Uh, Alan Mason, a youngster from Slidell, got his first deer. Chef John Foltz, uh, we went on a shrimping excursion, and that's very, very unique, uh, and you'll get a chance to see some of that. Also, Miss Louisiana Catching Frogs, that was a classic. And then the beauty and the breathtaking scenery of bears and whales in Alaska when we did our Cajun invasion. Uh, South Dakota pheasant hunting, particularly the, the, the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory of Martha, Martha Spencer shooting a pheasant. You'll see that one. Also, Dutch Prager, one of our regular listeners, The Old Man of the Marsh, was an award-winning feature. You'll see some clips from that. And who doesn't love Big Frida catching a giant garfish? You're going to see some of that action. Another character, DJ Rhett, took him on an alligator hunt. Can't take him anywhere. <laughs> He's a lot of fun. Amanda Shaw playing her fiddle in the swamp with us. Uh, we had an inspirational outdoorsman we profiled in Chris Riley from Alabama. You're going to really enjoy that. A longtime announcer, sports announcer, Jim Henderson, took him fishing. Will Clark, professional baseball player, San Francisco Giants, accompanied us for a hunt for the hungry. Uh, the Asian carp, when it came out of the water and hit the camera. And then we told the story of Louisiana's biggest fish. Not only was it the biggest fish ever recorded in Louisiana, it was the biggest fish story ever to hit the the, the papers. Also, P.J. Damari with that unique collection of waterfowl. Every waterfowl species in North America took him over 40 years to gather it. You'll find out what Grande Vole is, if you don't know. Uh, cooking and hunting Nutria, a 4-H team wing, the USA shooting, got very little publicity. We gave it a lot, but unfortunately, shooting sports are not real popular with the American society for some reason. Queen Bess Island Pelicans, that was another fantastic story. And a group called the Salty Chicks Kayak Fishing. All of those and more, you're going to find some highlights from our 100 episodes. It kicks off on all of our airings, which begin Thursday at 7 on Christmas Eve, and then all the stations that carry it and It'll run for two weeks. We'll also run it during the New Year's week, too. So be sure and tune in, Bayou Wild TV. If you want to find a local listing in your area, go to our website, BayouWildTV.com. All right, right after this, we're coming back with uh, Captain Daryl Carpenter. Find out what's going on in Grand Isle as we head into the Christmas week. Right after this time out, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And we talked to Captain Darrell Carpenter to give us a Grand Isle area fishing report. Darrell, do you know why they call a group of crows a murder of crows? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> we, we've done this before, Don, but I can't remember. <laughs> well, I've got some, some different explanations. I'm going to do those in the next hour, and some of them are pretty good. I think they're, they're logical on why they're called that, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk about a murder of speckled trout. What do you call a group of speckled trout? Uh, oh, a good time. A school <laughs> and a good time, a good no time. doubt. <laughs> so how's fishing been this week with all these frontal systems coming and going and low water conditions and all this other mess we've had this week? Yeah, it's been tough this week, Don. When when you start talking about speckled trout and, of course, the low water, it's definitely put us into the winter pattern where, where you're having to go for deeper canals, deeper cuts. Uh, you got to fish out, you know, fishing outside the cuts, those dead-end canals, anything that's got water in it. Uh, the side of the road, I've gotten really mixed reports on the side of the road this week. It, you know, it's been, it's been one of those weeks that if you hit the right spot, you caught fish and everybody else was scratching their head kind of thing. Uh, but certainly, I mean, the water temperatures dropped into the fifties, you know, the water's real, real low. So you got to find water. 
to, you know, to actually fish. So, you know, that's going to be one of those areas that should start picking up any day now. Uh, as far as on the backside, I mean, it's been, you know, our tides are moving, our low tides moving a little bit later in the day. But, man, when I tell you it's low, I mean it's low at low. Um, so you've got a falling tide all morning. You just, I mean, if you find if you find any runouts whatsoever that still have still has water in it, and it's running out. You know, fishing outside those runouts later in the day as it warms up. You know, those fish will move out onto the flats and stuff. But live bait, live bait is always something we bring with us. I don't know that it's really a necessity right now. You know, this we're starting now. As of this week, we won't leave without some bait shrimp on the boat because the sheephead have started really ganging up. So. So the sheephead on any reef or bridge piling or, or any all rig is going to be thick from now through through February and March. So there's always something to do. It's just we our, our trout lasted a long time this year, but now it's getting really hard to target them. You know, Dow, one of the best ways to catch trout is is to go to the deeper spots, the bayous and the turns, like we were talking with uh, Glenn Sanchez earlier. And when you put those plastics or even a shrimp on the bottom, you want to give it very little movement because the trout are lethargic. They might want to feed, but they're not really going to grab your cork and drag it under or you feel your rod tip moving to the right or the left. You really got to feel just that. It's like a tap, just something just tapping on right. your rod. How do you prepare your customers that may not be experienced fishermen to, to sense that because a lot of times you'll have one or two people on the boat that get it and they're loading up on, on the trout and out of one hole but then you got people that are just not feeling them what, what do you suggest it, it can be very very tough to do especially when you have people on the boat that don't realize that fishing can be a very technical experience and and a lot of times it's just it's the matter it, you know I, I find sometimes example is better than anything else and that's one of those times you normally just pick up the rod and have them standing right next to you and say, watch me or, or, you know, watch the very tip of the rod and let them actually see it take place, whereas they may not be feeling it. And then they get a little bit of a concept part. And, and then a lot of times it's the experienced angler on the boat or, or the captain that's standing next to them that has to tell them, hey, you saw that? That was a bite. Set the hook. No, really. Set the hook. <laughs> um, yeah. Kind of thing. Until they actually get, and, and it depends on the fish. I mean, sometimes, heck, even for us guys that are experienced, sometimes this time of the year to bite so light, we have trouble with it sometimes. Yeah, it's and you got to keep you you got to keep all the slack out of your line. You got any slack in your line at all, you're not going to feel anything because it's not even getting up to to the tip of the rod or to the end of the line. So by keeping that line real tight, that's I guess the expression, tight lines. You keep that line tight, you can sense that. And it, it's not that important in the summertime when fish are active and they're, they're grabbing baits and running with them. But this time of year when they're just in that hole and they're tapping it and picking it up and sitting on it, that's when it makes all the difference. Oh, most definitely. And and you know, that's why I personally have gone to where I love the braided line. I mean, if they breathe on it, you can feel it, you know. But, but the, you know, keeping it tight, this time of the year we're fishing usually with weight because we've either got current or wind to deal with. So we've got some kind of weight on it, whether it be a jig head or whether it be a Carolina rig, a drop shot, you know. But you've got you – know, and, and a lot of times being able to work it just a little bit, as long as you're not fishing over something with a lot of snags, if they'll just work that bait just a little bit, that helps them keep it tight. Yeah, just a twitch is what I call it. Just a little twitch, and you can feel stay in contact with your bait. And whenever you feel anything, set the hook. Hook sets are free. They don't cost anything. Yeah, but don't you don't have to swing for the fences. 
You don't need everybody on. You don't need everybody on the boat ducking because here comes a uh, half-ounce plate at you. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to come real in a pair of lips either. Daryl, uh, folks want to get in touch with you, booking a trip, get a gift certificate, and uh, you know, could be nice. You know, it's cold, and some people don't like to fish in the winter, but they can get a gift certificate, give it to one of their loved ones, and they can have a nice summertime trip down there in Grand Isle. Tell them how to do it. That is correct. They can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. <clears throat> they can find us on realscreamers.com, or just pick up the phone two two five nine three seven. Six two eight eight. All right, Daryl. Uh, have a merry Christmas. A friend will be talking to you on the backside of it next week. Sure will. Merry Christmas, Don. All righty, Captain Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. dot com. Well, my Christmas week. Uh, as soon as I get off of here, we're going to be pulling out uh, friend Janice Lamont, uh, my daughter, who you've heard on this show before, Cherie and Blake, uh, the trainer of their three German short hair pointers. We're packing up and heading to Kansas. Got some pheasants waiting uh, for an appointment up there for Christmas week. Also going to meet a very interesting lady, and maybe we'll tell you about that next week. All right, we're going to be back right after this top-of-the-hour break. Got more fishing reports. Mike Gallo joins us. Paddler's report with Eric Mohabarak, Ryan Lambert in the duck blind in the fishing hole in Plaquemines. And we're going to talk a lot more about this murder of crows. Where did that name come from? Got some logical suggestions here. We'll be back to discuss all of that right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome into hour number two of The Outdoor Show. And we get text messages in throughout the program. We love to hear from our listeners. 504-260-1870. I got a good morning from the Convent Hunting Club. They're checking in with their rabbit report. Season always gets better as the cane farmers are out more, cut more and more of their fields. They covered the entire tailgate with rabbits last weekend. We're hoping to duplicate that this morning as well. Good luck to everyone that gets up early enough to go hunting or fishing. And uh, good luck to you guys. And I'll tell you, that's a mess of lapin there. And we've got a good morning for rabbit hunting. You like those cool, crisp mornings, boy. And hear those dogs, those beagles bawling. you got to love it. All right, here's uh, an explanation of the, the why a group of crows is called a murder. Instead of a flock, it says officially a group of crows is a flock, and the word murder is a poetic term used in literature that originated in England in the 15th century, according to various sources. And another one that I thought was really interesting, they said that uh, if you've ever heard dozens of agitated crows in full cry, it really does sound as if they're yelling bloody murder. And it's uh, in association with violent death, a harsh or raucous cry. So that, that kind of makes sense, because uh, I have hunted crows using the crow and owl recording. And let me tell you what, it does sound like bloody murder. The OED, I'm not sure what, explain what the OED is, if you would, there, uh, 9925, and tell me about that. All right, we got the Lafayette Yacker. He's stroking his kayak to Pecan Island. Easy day of fishing and barbecue. No biscuits, just a show. And then I got this one, uh, <laughs> kind of peaking my memory here. Murder of Crows. I won your trivia contest 20 years ago with the answer of a rafter of turkeys. I uh, got an, a turducken from Gourmet Butcher Block. That's Jeff in Atlanta. Also says that uh, pelicans is a pod of pelicans. Yeah, one day we'll go over that. And speaking of outdoor trivia, I used to do that for those of you who've been listening for all these years. And once the Internet came about and Google search engines, it killed it. 
I mean, it just ruined it. It used to be somebody driving or, you know, at a camp, they didn't have access to research these, these questions. And if you knew it, you were deserving of the prizes. Well, it just became too easy. So we, we discontinued it. It just don't do it anymore, but it was a lot of fun. All right, we have uh, Adam and Heather, long-time listeners. They're headed to Venice, if they can get on some bass and what's being said about this area. Uh, Jeff Brule uh, said it was on fire down there just a couple weeks ago. A lot of bass up in the canes, red shed worm. That's typically the best bait to, to flip in there. All right, we got some more uh, text messages. We'll get to those. Did want to mention some unique Christmas gifts if you're stuck. Uh, one of them that's been really a, a hot item this, this, this season has been the St. Hubert Prayer in Print that I wrote the prayer. Randy Caminita did the artwork, and those are available on my website at dontheoutdoorsguide.com. We've got a two-for-one special on those, a very unique uh, print and a prayer asking for St. Hubert, the patron saint of Hunter's blessing, and you can frame it and put it in an office or hunting camps, perfect place if you've got a friend that has a hunting camp and then you want to get him a gift. Also, I had someone that texted, wanted to know about the socks that Martha Spence and I were talking about. It's called Swift Wick Socks. It makes a great stuffer for a stocking by getting them some socks. That's a lot of S's. Just go to their website. Uh, they've got some actual uh, national uh, monument and uh, national uh, wild area socks, special ones. And they've got a nice sale going on right now, too. Um, we also have a, a, a cap. Now, i got to tell you, I found this thing, and I fell in love with it. I got one for myself, and then I've given a lot of them uh, is going to be gifts. And it's uh, a, a cap with an attached face mask. And it's very simple. The mask folds up underneath the cap, so you put it on your head when you're not using the mask. When you want the mask, lift it up. The mask falls down. You turn it around, baseball cap style, put the bill to the back so it doesn't interfere with your bow or your shotgun if you're turkey hunting, and the eye holes are perfect, and you don't have to have that heavy face mask on all the time. And it's made by Quick Camo, Q-U-I-K Camo, and if you go to their website, they got quick turnaround. They send them to me in two days, so you still got time to get it before Christmas. And if you order one, use my coupon code. It's DON44, DON44, and you get a discount on every one that you purchase. Another item that we're suggesting that you get, um, this is the uh, the book that I've talked. You might remember I had Terry Jones on, who is a writer. He's a uh, history professor, and he wrote a book about Louisiana, some very unique and quirky stories, some I'm sure you've never heard of before. And it makes an interesting read, and you can get them. I think it's only about $18 if you go on Amazon. It's called Louisiana Pastimes. Just Google that. It'll take you there. Great book by a Louisiana author with some very unique stories. And I'm going to save the best for last. You may have heard some of my messages running about a Compassion International sponsorship. Uh, Several years ago, I began sponsoring a child in Honduras by the name of Valerie, and I can't tell you how much joy I've gotten in, in exchanging letters and pictures with her and her family and watching her grow up. And, I mean, these people are in poverty, and it's all over the world. You can pick people. I picked her because she had the exact same birthday as my granddaughter, and she looks a lot like her. Anyway, if you want to do that, go to Compassion International and get a sponsorship. Sponsor a child. Believe me, you won't regret it, and what a great Christmas gift that would make. And it's the gift that keeps coming back to you. I promise you that. All right, coming back right after this, we're going to talk to Captain Mike Gallo, find out if he's headed fishing today, what he's getting ready for the holidays, and what he's found in his haunts, which include Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, 
the Wrigley's, the Mr. Go, the the Great Wall. He heads up Biloxi Marsh. He's got boat and he travels. He's back next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we've been talking about special, unique Christmas gifts. So one I want to definitely suggest to you is a sponsor of the Mike Gallo Report, offering those CETO memberships, $179 for a whole year. Peace of mind, they'll bring you fuel if you're stuck out there. We were talking earlier about this is no time to play around. We're getting stuck in low tides and in mud and uh, temperatures dropping and cold weather and people getting wet. Uh, they will be there 24-7 to tow you in, bring you fuel, jumpstart you, Basically, it's a rescue operation. They like having a AAA on the water. To get uh, signed up, you can do it real quick. Get a gift certificate printed out and in time for Christmas. Call Captain Chris, 504-301-4545, or go to seatow.com. And one guy who does not leave the dock without a seatow membership is Captain Mike Gallo himself. Mike, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fine, Don. Uh, sitting in the warmth inside, out of the breeze, and... Listening to your show. It's a very good show as usual. Well, boy, that's a change for you on a Saturday morning, usually scrambling, meeting customers, getting shrimp uh, scooped out and put in the boat and getting everything ready for a fishing trip. Kind of a tough week this week after we had uh, several really good weeks, right? It has been a tough week. Uh, Several days were just too windy to go, and the days where the wind was tolerable, it still was a tough day. Um really working hard and staying late into the day and try to let the water warm up and uh, still having, you know, tough days. And I, I guess you have a, an expectation of what you want to catch and what you want your clients to catch. And when you don't meet that expectation, you just assume, tell them what they can expect. And, you know, you also tell them I'd, I'd prefer you to reschedule if that's something that you can do. And fortunately, my client for today was local and rescheduling was easy, so we've already got him scheduled for April of next year. And, um, you know, the conditions will be better in April, and um, I'm sure we'll have a better time. You know, in the conversation we had yesterday, you know, sheephead, redfish, uh, puppy drum, the bottom feeders, they're, they're plentiful, but speckled trout going to be a little bit harder. If somebody was going for speckled trout this weekend in your area, what would you suggest? I'm kind of thinking that that great wall of Chalmette over there might be a, the ticket. That's where we were yesterday, and there's a fair amount of fish. There's a lot of small ones, and we caught 30 and kept less than 10. So lots of small ones, and then you add into the equation that this is a Saturday. There's going to be twice as many boats as there were yesterday, and, you know, you get enough boat traffic over a a specific area of fish and it just shuts them down. They don't want to feed anymore. So with with that information, my client, who was wanting speckled trout, we just decided to push it on into April. Mm-hmm. Uh, if someone is definitely going, though, and they got speckled trout in their, in their radar, maybe they could switch off and maybe catch some of the bottom feeders later. How would you start off fishing today? Would you use your drop shot rig with either a plastic or a shrimp or something else? Well, you know, I, I, I definitely believe in what Glenn Sanchez says, and that is when we're not there feeding them plastic, they're eating shrimp. <laughs> so you certainly yeah. want to bring some shrimp with you and at least get the bite started, get some fish in the boat. And, you know, as we're fishing, I'm watching the clientele, and I try to see which angler would be the best candidate to switch to plastic. 
And a lot of times, if I get some time, I may pick up a rod and fish with them. And if I catch a few on plastic, then I can just hand that rod to the, who I think the best candidate is to catch them on plastic. It makes our live shrimp last longer. It gives him the opportunity to catch fish. We may see him catch bigger fish than we're catching on shrimp. And before you know it, we're switching two of them over to plastic. We do like to keep the shrimp in the water because every time you catch a trout, when you're reeling that trout in, he'll regurgitate that shrimp and chum the water for other trout that are in the area to kind of stay close to where you are, where you can catch them. So there is a strategy involved with fishing with the live shrimp. Mike, this morning we've been talking about that very slight bite. Some people call it a tap. Some people call it a tick. Uh, it's it's a peck. It's almost nothing. And we got a lot of that ahead of us as cold winter months are moving in. Uh, what do you, you suggest to your customers that are just simply not feeling the bite other than keeping a tight line and watching the tip and maybe having a line over their finger? What other advice would you give to them? Because, I mean, that makes all the difference. You can have somebody have a great day and other people blank out, get skunked, because they're just not feeling the bite. Right. Well, this time of year, I have certain rods that I use summertime and that, you know, time frame. But when we get to the winter, I downsize quite a bit. And what I mean by downsizing is my line. I use 10-pound test braid or 10-pound test fluorocarbon. As your line diameter goes down, your sensitivity goes up. I like medium heavy action rods with a fast tip. So I try to stack the odds in my favor and use equipment that's going to be as sensitive as possible. You want to position the boat where you can cast with the wind so you don't have a belly in your line, something that's going to work against you. So you just try to stack all these um, advantages in your favor to, to set you up for catching fish. A lighter jig head, and that's where the drop shot will come in handy. If they're biting an eight ounce jig head, but it's so windy you can't get an eight ounce jig head where you need to be, then you can rig up a drop shot with an eight ounce jig head on the top and then your sinker on the bottom. Still be able to reach your target zone, but still have a light jig head when the fish bites it. Because when he bites it, he feels the weight of it. And if it's too heavy, he might let it go immediately. If it's lighter and doesn't feel natural to him or different than he's been eating before, he may hold it just that little bit longer and give you that opportunity to hook him. I'll tell you what, customers uh, learn so much when they fish with you, Mike. you, you got a lot of uh, – that's why we call you the forensic fisherman. Mike, if somebody wants to book a trip with you, get a gift certificate, they can find you on my website, also yours at aaofla.com. But today might be a good day. Are you taking phone calls today while you're not fishing? Oh, of course. It's a 24-hour deal. You run your own business. You're constantly working. And that number to call? The number to call would be 985-781-7811. All right, Mike. I hope I'll get to see you before Christmas, and uh, we can wish each other a Merry Christmas and look forward to a very, very better 2021 New Year. It wouldn't be too hard to be better in 2021 (laughs) than 2020, but we'll certainly try. The bar is low. We'll make it. Thank you, Mike. As always, we appreciate it. Have a good day. All right, Don. Take care. Mike Gallo, our forensic fisherman. Coming back after this, Brendan. No, I'm sorry. Brendan was last week. Eric Mohabarak paddling for your fish. 
It's our paddlers report next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it is time for our paddlers report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club, a presentation of Massey's. And if you've got a paddling fisherman or hunter on your list, stop by Massey's locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, and Baton Rouge, or Covington, and I'm sure you'll find something, including it would be nice to find a brand-new kayak from Hobie or Jackson or Native Watercraft under the Christmas tree. You can find them on their website at MasseyOutfitters.com. They also have them on Facebook. And Eric Mahabarak is one of our reporters who takes care of that. And Eric, uh, reports were kind of tough to come by this week. What went on for the paddlers? No, oh, man. Well, you, you everybody knows the fronts were coming in back to back like that. You know, um, as far as the paddling goes, I usually like to wait until after the third day after the front comes through, if possible. Um, it calms down like everybody knows, and it seems to be uh, works very well for the kayak. You're not getting blown all over the, all over the world out there, you know, with 30 mile an hour winds and 20 mile an hour winds out there beating it up. But uh, I had a pretty good trip last week when it did calm down. Um, I ended up nailing some beautiful, beautiful trout out there. Um, caught 25 my limit. Went on a little scouting trip. And I uh, needed some fish for Christmas because the family wants to eat fish for Christmas. Uh, caught a sheephead. Caught a uh, all an artificial now um, and a redfish, but I caught the virgin unicorn, the flounder, in the middle of December. Don, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. <laughs> that was a little Christmas gift for you. That was a Christmas gift from Mother Nature. What did you use to catch those fish? Um, I, it, in the morning, I started off with the top water. Uh, caught about five on the top water, and then it just kind of died. Uh, tried to mirror it on, you know, for that suspended bite. Caught a few, you know, like five or six on that. Then I switched over to that uh, that, that Houdini, the, the green with the silver belly matrix. And uh, basically, kind of like what everybody's saying, just kind of throwing it out there and, and dragging it a little bit. And the, the thing I would do is throw it out there, leave it hit the bottom, real one, two, pop it up a little bit, and then reel one, two, leave it dragged the bottom like that. And in this case, it was just so happened they were hitting it on the fall. Um, and, and a beautiful trout there, you know, 20 inches, uh, anywhere between 18 and, and 24 inches, I, I call it fish. So, but uh, just real slow kind of action, kind of lollygagging it, you know, is what I'd call it. It went to leave the bait, kind of do its own little thing. But when they did hit, it was aggressive, but it was, the water was also a little bit warmer now. You know, like everybody's saying, it's going to go into that change where you feel that little tick or tap or that little, little bump on on the bottom, you know, um, which people should start fishing these, these dead-end canals and deep water canals. You know, Myrtle Grove is an excellent place for that. Uh, some other lures you might want to try is uh, the, the sparkle beetle, double rig of sparkle beetle, one green on the bottom and one, one regular old silver and clear on the top. Uh, start dragging the bottom, just barely work it, and, and you know, like everybody's saying, you feel that kick, that pop, or something like that. You know? uh, Eric, uh, uh, as it, far as uh, somebody wants to celebrate Christmas, what, what do we call a Cajun sleigh ride, a big bull red being pulling, pulling around in a kayak, where would a, a top spot be for that? Well, it picked up a few the other day in Deerus, uh, and out of Joshua's right there. Uh, fishing to the right of, of Joshua's along that cane line. they got that broken island that's out there that, that goes in towards, uh, like, Empire, but on the, on the Bureau's side of it, launching out of Joshua's. Um, you know, that's, 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 that you can use a, a popping cork. Um, the, with the wind, you want a louder popping cork, so a full horseman, paradise popper, uh, 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 
stuff like that that make a louder pop. And then uh, fish about two and a half feet to where the bait is kind of dragging the bottom barely. And, um, you know, just pop it, count to five, and then, um, you know, about a second, 1,001, 1,002, so like that. And then just pop it and leave it sit for a second and pop it again and, and reel you slack. And it just kind of keep you caught moving slowly with you. And then big bull reds will come up and, and, and nail it. They'll, you know, they'll even eat your cork. You know, they're, uh, they get pretty aggressive when they want something. And then they, yes, they can indeed. get yanked all over the bay out there. But, uh, yeah, awesome time of the year to be fishing right now. You know, it's good. It's going to be getting colder. It's going to be getting a little bit tougher. But like I said, fish those deep, deep canals and, and, and things like that. You know, a fish that stays pretty much more active in colder water is, is the bass. And, you know, I'm, what I call a body count picture or a body count shot, when you see people laying their catch out on a dock or on the bow yeah. of the boat, you're seeing more and more bass mixed in with redfish and trout coming from that St. Bernard complex over there. How would you fish, what would you use to fish them over there, the bass in the, in the marsh? That's typically a brackish water area. Yeah, um, you know, like out of Campos, I was uh, I usually use the the black chartreuse beetle spin. Uh, I use a number four H and H blade, uh, but I switch it to silver instead of gold, and that seems to work very well. Also, that Johnson uh, silver minnow, silver, not the gold. So that's mm-hmm. something else you got to run out. I know everybody's been run out and got their gold spoon, but get the silver. Uh, those seem to work really good. Also, uh, twitch baits. Um, you know, fish the grass lines, the rock, the rock edges, and stuff like that. Um, twitch baits are very good, and also those uh, what do they call them? The wacky worms, where you put the hook yep. in the middle. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a good that's a good lure actually, especially around the docks and pylons and, and stuff like that. Uh, you can pull them out, pull them out really good. But like you said, Don, they have been having some nice confessional picks of, of the bass out there. You know. Um, you know, I haven't been able to get over there myself to get them, but I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> some bass There's so fishing. many other things. Yeah. Well, Eric, before oh, you yeah. go, you're one of the few uh, kayak uh, tour companies that does charters on kayaks. If somebody wants to give that as yeah. a gift certificate, uh, tell them how to get one. Yeah, that's that's easy. Well, you can get in touch with me on Don Debut, the Outdoors Guy, on your website. Or uh, you can look me up on Facebook or Instagram, the Louisiana Kayak Company. Or the easiest way, of course, Don, is just give me a call, 504-313-8292. All right, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, and we'll be catching up with you next time in the new year. All right, Don. Merry Christmas to you all, too, and congratulations on your 100th show. Oh, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Eric. All right. And okay. Eric has Eric has been part of that program. You can see him on Bayou Wild episodes. In fact, if you go to our website, you can watch all 100 episodes. That's at uh, BayouWildTV.com. All right, coming back after this, uh, we're going to tell you about the, uh, the bad boys. And next week's going to be a very special bad boy edition because that's when we will tell you, in fact, I'll tell you when I come back, the nominees, who they are and what their crimes were. And you get to vote and choose the baddest of the bad boys for the year 2020. And we got one this week for you, too. All that's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And uh, thanks for all the text messages and the Merry Christmas wishes. I wish we could get to all of these texts, but we can't get to all of them. We'll try to get to as many as we can before we go off there. But right now I want to tell you about next week's show. It's going to be a special bad boy edition. What we do is we nominate, you know, the four 
top cases that we covered for the year, and we let you, the audience, text in your vote, and we tally them up at the end, and we name the baddest of the bad for 2020. Here's the ones that will be nominated, and you'll hear more details about each case next week. Case number one will be the case of the caught-on-trail camera. Number two will be the case of the from the Bayou Gosh Road with a nighttime laser scope. Number three will be the case of the threat to the wildlife killer. And number four will be the case of the hidden bear collar that took three years to solve. Those are the nominees. You'll get the vote on them next week, and we'll name the baddest of the bad. I got one for you this week, and we'll be back to share it with you right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery Agents Corporal Cullum Schecksneider, Sergeant Donnie Bozeman, Senior Agent Michael Blanchard, and Senior Agent Lucas Hidalgo participated in the deer hunting case after receiving a tip that Wallace Vicknair was on a DMAP property near Henderson in possession of an antlerless deer. The agents responded to the property, couldn't find Vicknair, but they did locate a harvested antlerless deer that had been shot with a rifle. The agents made contact with Vicknair on an adjacent property where he promptly admitted to killing the deer the night before at about 10 p.m. Then they proceeded to charge him with taking an antlerless deer during illegal hours and hunting on a deer management assistance program land without a permit from the owner or lessee. They seized Vicknair's 30-06 Remington rifle and the deer, if convicted, which is very likely since he admitted to the misdeeds, facing maximum criminal fines and civil restitution in the amount of $2,924 and up to 120 days in jail is 56-year-old Wallace Vicknair of Bro Bridge, Louisiana, our bad boy of the outdoors. Well, that was pretty bad, but he doesn't qualify to be the baddest of the bad. We'll do those for you next week. You will actually do them. You'll cast in your vote, and we'll give you the nominees and more details next week. But right after this time out, we're going to take a trip out to the marshes of Plaquemines Parish. I think Ryan's in the blind. If not, he'll tell us what the prospects look for this opening day of the second split of the coastal zone. A lot to say there for duck hunting. Back with his report right after this time out. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Uh, he fishes with plastic, but he shoots with steel when he's hunting ducks. And uh, the duck season, the second split opening, uh, legal shoot time started about 25 minutes ago. Let's uh, peek into the blind of Ryan Lambert down in Plaquemines Parish, Cajun Fishing Adventures, and find out what this opening of the second split is like. Ryan, uh, what are you guys seeing so far? Does it look promising, or did the ducks not get the memo? Well, I got them. Wait one second. Only one nail. Get one nail. Shoot that male on my side. Kill that one. Okay, you got it, got it. Okay, we limit it on a pinch hill. <laughs> Boy, that's <laughs> quick. Like that. Pick that one male out. I think that answers my so, question. Uh, Pintail canvas backs you got well so far. I mean, they come in the decoy. so pretty. It's just perfect wind. It's uh, overcast. It is awesome. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah, day, perfect conditions. On them. Water come up a little bit for you guys? Water came up three foot from yesterday evening to now. Yeah, it's, it's came up good. The, the low tide's at 1 o'clock. Come here, Kenley, here. No, those those are uh, comrades. <laughs> yeah, hold up on the comrades. Yeah, yesterday, I mean, extremely low. 
yesterday, and now it came up, you know, probably three foot. Y'all killed. Oh, that's a widget. Good. We got another pintail. Y'all killed a widget and all them pintails. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one widget and a big old group of pintails, and they killed that one. And they got him. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of a, a, a shot we got. We had a bunch of Canada's uh, flying over our blind. There was one speckle belly in it, and somebody dropped the speckle belly out of it, you know, unintentionally. You know. Well, that happens. She's still got oh, two I more in the water she hadn't got yet. We got ducks everywhere. Yeah, it sounded like we came in right at the right time. Man, you guys are going to be done quick this morning. I got a feeling. Yeah, I think I think we will. But I got to have twenty four birds today, so I'm gonna have to kill some. How's the other boats doing? You talk to uh, Joe or Manuel or I hear, I hear shots coming from everywhere. Fish has been real good too. They've been doing good on the fish as well. You know, I got a, a couple of questions. I can maybe get some help for you to answer. Somebody wanted to know what is the really? lowest temperature where redfish will come really? into shallow water. Do you have any idea? Say that again. Wow. <laughs> while you're killing cripples. Um, any idea on the lowest temperature of water that redfish will not come into shallow water? You know, they stack up in those holes oh, no. with just no. the slightest no temperature. They will come in. They will come in as soon as it, watch that one right there. Good grief. Um, look at it. Coming in my side, my side, my side. Cool. Oh, DLC question, buddy. They will come in on water that's cold as could be. And they will go into deep water, and as soon as that tide comes up, they'll come right back up. I mean, it would have to be, you know, it'd have to be freezing to, to make yeah. a difference on that. Yeah, I've I know. Seen them in water so cold and sitting in shallow water where I could sight fish them. You know, a perfect example is that that hole right there at Myrtle Grove Marina, in which I understand they're they're allowing people to go fishing there for a fee now. You know, when the weather gets really hard and cold. Oh, yeah. You go in there, and those redfish stack up, and they're feeding. You know, they're a little lethargic, but uh, redfish have a whole lot of more tolerance for cold water than trout do. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, but they will die, too. Now, if you get a big shock and freeze, they, they'll die, too. You know, just like the trout will. I mean, I've seen dead redfish just like I saw dead trout. So, right. you know, right. I, I just I just noticed that it's, it's all about the tide. When the tide blows out, they come out because there's no water. But as soon as they get enough water to float, here they come. So, you know, I've caught them four on my side, guys. I mean, I've caught them in freezing cold water and just sitting there picking them up in just a couple of inches of water. Well, I'll tell you what, it sounds like you've had the most action you've had on a number of uh, uh, hunt days when we've called you. I mean, you got stuff been flying and working. and oh, yeah. I mean, that one that really you good was a morning. cripple, that was a redhead that they killed. The redhead came in uh, on them. And it, it, so I still got a uh, pintail and a canvas back out I hadn't picked up yet. And I got uh, wigeons, pintails, redheads. I got a limit of There's some teal going across there. I have very few teal this year. I have not killed hardly any teal. You know, I've had a few green wings, but not like normal. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think the second splits could be real good because it's still very, very dry up north. So I think it's going to come coming in hard. Get ready. Two of them right here. Only that male pintail. Wait on him. Wait on him. Shoot him in the face right now. Just a male. Just a male. Right side. Right side. Guys, I don't shoot that. Okay. Finish him off. <laughs> Finish him off, guys. No, leave that female. Oh, you got to love it. 
You gotta love it. You gotta love it. Really <laughs> bad. Yep, that's a duck hunt right there, boys. This can't get better, huh? Yeah, it's well, I mean, come right in that. the face. Sure. Shot him right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the impact has been on uh, on Canada being <laughs> shut down virtually for duck hunting? What, what difference that has made? Has that made much of a difference, you think, in what we're seeing down here? No, no. I, I, I don't think so. People say, oh, they, they just hadn't been shot. The fact is the water is low. We haven't had low water in eight years. The whole Mississippi Valley, Missouri Valley has been underwater. The birds have really been able to disperse. This year, if you didn't pump the water, you don't have water. So that's why we have having all these birds. They just bypass and them. They don't have anywhere to go. Bless their yeah, little heart. Kinda... <laughs> well, I'm glad you all having a good trip, enjoying it, and glad the fishing is on. Things are good, and if people want to come down in and get, get in on the action and maybe get a gift certificate, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving in 30 minutes. I'm leaving for Kansas. I'm going to hunt pheasants. Okay. Well, when you get back, we'll hunt. I will get I back, and I'll definitely get on. Everybody's <laughs> waiting when they come back. Everybody's just saying, come on, we're ready, we're ready. So it'll be busy then. Well, but, uh, we'll get down there. And yeah, make somebody a... wants to get a gift certificate or come, we still got a couple of spots left in January. Just uh, go to CajunFishingAdventures.com or just give me a call on my cell at 504-559-5111. All right. Merry Christmas to you and the gang down there at Cajun Fishing Adventures, and we'll catch up with you next week right after the holiday. Merry Christmas to you and all our listeners, buddy, and be, be trying to stay warm up there in Kansas. Uh, we'll do it. Thank you. Right. All right, that's, that's Ryan Lambert uh, enjoying a wonderful open day of the second split. Boy, a lot of action down there. Good birds, too. Pintails, redheads, canvasback. Doesn't get any better than that hunting in Louisiana, and, boy, it's been a while. All right, we come back after this. Important question pointed out by one of our texters for our female listeners. I want to pass that out to you. As soon as we come back after this three-minute pause, you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, Rick is checking in from the Old Six Hunting Club up near Bogalusa. He says you can tell the ruts on by the number of members in the camp, or it might be the fish fry schedule for tonight's meal. We all have a good time up there, Rick, and he wants to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. All right, I got an important question that came in from one of our listeners. He says, Mr. Don, I have a very important question for the female listeners. My wife does not seem to appreciate her Christmas present. It was a very expensive 36-volt troll motor. Do you think she's going to like the matching power pole for her birthday in a couple of months? That's a hard one for me to answer. Maybe we'll rely on some of the female. Some of the female listeners, I said, yes, she should love it. And others, uh, probably not so much. So that's a very important question being put out there. All right, I got some more. Uh, Here's one with regard to Ryan Lambert's report you just heard. He's whacking him. He says, I love it. And another one says, Don, I want to wish you, Martha, Chris, and all your listeners and viewers, a very safe, healthy, and merry Christmas this week. Looking forward to cooking. Let's see, I lost it for a second. Was it shrimp in Marilaton? Yeah, that sounds good to me. And watching our 100th episode. Yeah, don't forget to tune us in Bayou Wild TV. You're going to see the highlights from our first 100 episodes of Bayou Wild TV. Uh, some of the ones that we have selected, some of our favorites, and maybe some of yours too. Uh, here's one that says, I'd like to thank you for your show. Merry Christmas to you and yours. This has been one of the most informative fishing shows I've heard in a long time. And it uh, goes on to say, I always listen, and I'm aggravated when I don't get up on Saturday morning and turn on your show. Again, Merry Christmas. Thank you. 
Uh, well, if you happen to miss our shows, we repost them on a podcast. And if you go to radio.com, and usually gets up around the Monday after each show, you can listen to it uh, on, on delay. You can pick it up there, radio.com. You can also listen to it. It feeds live there, too. So a lot of ways we can get the program to you. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here on the text? Oh, yeah, someone, uh, the one that uh, told us about the murder of crows, uh, where that came from, the OED, which was the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, they are the say-so of the English language. All right, and uh, let's see. We got a Merry Christmas from a couple of folks, the Mad Trucker, uh, Captain Tofield Bourgeois. He's checking in from Lafitte with a Merry Christmas. Also back at you guys down there at the uh, – the Cajun Vista. And let's see, what else do we have any more here? We've got uh, still nobody answered me yet on the uh, the present for the wife. Uh, he's going to give her a power pole for her birthday. He gave her for Christmas uh, a 36-volt trolling motor, but she didn't really appreciate it. So uh, I don't know. You know, sometimes it's hard to pick gifts for, for people, but somebody will enjoy it, I'm sure. All right, don't forget, next week, please tune us in and please participate. Write this number down. Put it in your phone, 504 504- Two six zero one eight seventy. That's the text message board. Unfortunately, we can't take pictures and attachments there. We, it's only on when I'm on the air, and they come in here. If you want to send me a picture, I'd love to get it. But do that on my contact button at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. But you're going to get a chance. We're going to tell you about the nominees for the baddest of the bad boy for the year 2020, and you'll get to vote on them. Cast your vote by text, and we'll tally them up, and we'll – Give the award out to the baddest of the bad for the year 2020. Some people, most of our listeners, that's their favorite feature. They love to hear about outdoor outlaws being brought to justice. All right, y'all have a very Merry Christmas. I'm off to Kansas, going to come back with some Christmas pheasants, and we'll see you again back here next week as we head to the new year, our 32nd year of doing this program called The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.